0: I'm Jesse, let's have a devotion. We are in Joshua chapter two. Now you've seen these verses, those of you you who are watching on video, um, if you wanna be able to access this on video and you're watching this after October 15th, you can go to allies.network and you can see the stuff that I put up on video. Look for JCM there. We've seen this before, verses 15 on, wherein Rahab is letting the spies down by a rope through the window of her home which is built into the wall of the city of Jericho. They make a vow that they would look after anyone in her home as long as they stay in that home while it's marked by scarlet and that if anyone leaves that home they're not responsible Uh, But if anyone inside is hurt, they are responsible and they give this caveat, the stipulation. And if you tell anybody about our mission, then the deal's off. Now, here's verse 21. Let it be as you say, she replied, and she sent them away. After they had gone, she tied the scarlet cord to the window. So it seems like a small verse, but it indicates the follow through on Rahab's part let it be as you say is betting her life and the lives of her extended family uh entrusting their lives and now their souls as they all presumably not just rahab but everybody else in her extended family comes to believe that the lord is lord that they would from here on adhere to the law of moses which was how people were saved in the old testament that adherence to the law of moses indicating faith in the messiah who was to come For example, in chapter five, when they observe the Passover, it's not only one of remembrance for how God delivered Israel from the Egyptians uh, and from the angel of death that moved through Egypt, taking the lives of the firstborn of any household, not marked by the blood of a lamb, but it also points forward in redemptive history to God who at this same Passover time would go to the cross. Jews observe Passover at the same time that Christians celebrate Easter. There's a reason for that, okay? This was all happening at that time, right? The the blood of the lamb was spilled when the blood of the lamb was remembered, okay? That's not a coincidence. So she is betting it all on the fact that Yahweh is the Lord, the God of heaven above and earth below. And she has... Indi- indicated that she trusts them by tying the scarlet cord to the window now this confession of hers it's it's profound and it's important that we also as modern day new testament christian evangelists looking at an old testament book like Joshua rightly apply the principles that we see she was not hedging her bets by thinking that Yahweh is one of many gods she is abandoning her old gods and that's pivotal God is a jealous God, and rightly so. He's the only one who exists. Everything else is a satanic counterfeit. There is no other God who created. There is no other son of God who went to the cross and rose again. There is no other God. So she was not hedging her bets by pledging allegiances to multiple gods simultaneously. In accordance with Deuteronomy 4.39, she recognized, she kept in mind, that the Lord is God in heaven above and on earth, uh, below, and there is no other. Okay, look at the way that Paul also, you know, gave a similar teaching in Acts chapter 17. When he's at Mars Hill, he points out their altar to an unknown God, and he, in, in pretty direct language, tells them, like, look, you, uh, you you worship in ignorance, but this is what I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth. Isn't this, isn't this the same confession that Rahab made in the Old Testament? He does not live in shrines made by hands, neither is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives everyone life and breath and all things. All right, he, he knows that God is the only God, and there is no other way to be saved. This is, this is important note the exclusivity of Rahab's confession and consider the exclusivity of the very open-minded Seattleite in the context of the Redemption Church where we're doing ministry must come to as well, right? Uh, Here's Acts chapter 14. People, why are you doing these things? We are people also just like you, and we are proclaiming the good news to you that you turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. All right, so this is a turning away from worthless things. Rahab abandoned the false gods, the worthless things, and she came to believe in the one true God who made heaven, who made the earth, who made the sea, everything that's on land and on the sea and in the air. All of it is God's. This is an exclusive truth claim that God makes, and you simply say that you believe Him. It is an exclusive truth claim that is not compatible, therefore, with other worldviews. So as people start rediscovering Christian morality, watch for this. Look at how popular opinion is shifting, for example, on pornography, how popular opinion is shifting. And we're going to do a video soon on a New York Times article about, uh, you know, what they refer to as privilege, what we really uh, see as just God's design at work, you know, for the family, for the model for the family, how it works better when you have two parents raising a child, if things can go according to the ideal design set forth by God. As they do this, you're going to see a tendency to try to incorporate God into what they already believe. Okay, I've seen this happen before, where people come and they confess Christ, but they still want to hold fast to other practices from their previous life. I'm not just talking about sin, I'm talking about values at times. Um, and, and this may even be tantamount to worship practices. What someone can come to is not saving faith, but the threshold of the gospel and then stop short of confession of God as the one true God, the kind of confession which Rahab has come to. And now in verse 21 indicated that she believes with faithful follow through. It's not enough just to confess, right? That God is good. Uh, it, it must be a confession that, He is Lord. And if he's Lord, that means that he is the boss, the boss, singular, that there's no one else. They're not worshiping other gods. They're abandoning what the book of Acts calls worthless things. And so this, this is important. This is important. Don't try to win people over with what Bonhoeffer would call cheap grace. It's going to cost you everything. It means you must take up your cross daily and follow him. He is the one true God. Above him, there is no other. I'm abandoning this previous way of life. While the gospel is free, there are people you will lead to Christ, especially in the Seattle area, who it's going to effectively cost them everything to do what Rahab did and follow through in true faith and repentance. Okay? So as you evangelize, as you defy the status quo, as you give it all, to bring other people into the saving grace that they too may live in households that are marked in scarlet, atoned for in all of their sin by the blood of the ultimate sacrificial lamb, Jesus, who would come generations later through Rahab in this text right here. She plays a part in the genealogical line. As you do this, see to it that the people are aware it's going to cost you your sin. And some of us hold our sin dearly. It's going to cost you your current God's And people sometimes have a hard time letting go of that. This is the one true God. And that means that when you put God on your plate, he kicks everything else off. You cannot pledge multiple allegiances. You got to bet it all on the fact that God is God. Above him, there is no other. He's the creator of heaven and earth. That's what I'm doing. And the Holy Spirit of God has never failed me or my family in his faithfulness.